everyone. I am here today with a very, very special guest. Her name is Eileen Meckley, and Eileen and I have uh, kind of known each other on and off for probably, I don't know, 15 years, really. And I just, oh. I just adore Eileen because she has, um, she and I both have many children. So I love that she comes from a place of that mompreneurship, working from home around those children. And today we're going to talk to Eileen and get some perspective of what she's doing now and kind of go back a little in time with what it was like working with the children. How does that Okay. Well, I am really enjoying helping other people have a successful business. I really love helping people understand that it's important to be a heart worker, not a hard worker. And I love helping people learn to work alongside family and other activities. And I always feel that the most important thing I can do with my profession of helping people start businesses is really to help them be in balance. I think, Rhonda, that's so important. You know, I always like to say, if you're stressed, overwhelmed, let's substitute a new word. Um, And let's be sure that you're feeling good and positive. So I love doing that. Well, I love that you shared that because, as you know, the name of the show is A Balanced Life for You, where you design the life of your dreams, which is why I invited you on the show because you have done just that. And so tell me, tell us a little bit more what you mean by heart worker, not hard worker. Okay, I would love to, Rhonda. When you work from the heart, I feel that you're really eager to share any of the services you offer, anything that you can do to make someone's life better. And so when I say that you're a heart worker, Rania, what it means is that I could call 50 people and tell them that I'd love to share my services and no one need any of my services and still be happy. That's a heart worker. When you're a hard worker, I believe you share with as few people as you possibly feel you can and pray and hope they do everything that you need and you become a needy worker. So I always say that it's better to share in case someone has a need, feel happy with whatever they choose to say and look for that next person you can help. I love that. I love that. Well, many people are going to wonder here, what is your background that makes you so knowledgeable about sharing information from the heart? Okay, well, I actually have five children, and I have one stepson who's 16, so I'm back into the motion of working with kids around, and I have seven grandchildren. And the reason that I'm able to teach this is because of my philosophy about sharing and the five kids, um, and now six. Um, I really believe that it's important that we teach children manners and that you teach people to share at a young age. You don't allow a child off the hook from sharing if they're cranky, if they're tired, if they're hungry. We don't say, okay, that's okay. You don't have to share with your sister. We still expect them to share. And so when I teach and work with people to share, I want them to come from the same premise that you would with a child. And so you offer, and if they're not interested you still feel good about them and I always teach people in fact Rhonda that when you're a heart worker your main goal is to share what you have to offer with your business in the community however the main achievement I will call it is to be sure that the person you're sharing with feels cared about and valued whether they're interested or not and that's truly a heart worker to me and so my background with teaching children how to share 
helping them feel that you don't allow themselves off the hook from sharing. I think that's where it comes from. I love that. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I don't think I am because this is how I met you years ago. You worked with many uh, direct sales businesses, multi-level businesses. Is that correct? Yeah, I only had one business myself. I was in direct sales for 13 years, and I had one business. I was with Discovery Toys, Educational Toys, and I sold that for 13 years, and I actually sponsored 50 people year after year after year for 13 years. And I did it alongside five children. And at the time when I started, they were one to 10 years of age. And so I have worked with all companies because I realized that my heart was not just the product, my heart was the business, the idea of being that mompreneur. I really wanted to help other women, um, not just moms, but other people who are really choosing to have a business in the community. In fact, Rhonda, that's one thing I really like to focus on is that the company they work with or people work with, they're really the supplier. The right. person is the business in the community. Absolutely, I could not agree with you more. Well, let me ask you, because uh, you did mention that you worked with a company and you had five children at home. Now, I know year 25, no, 28 years ago when I started working at my direct sales company with children in tow, there was you know, a turning point in my life that made me go out and look for that. Was there a point in your life that happened where you said, I want something to do, I want extra money, or you know, what, what led you in that direction at the time? Well, this is a funny story, Rhonda. I was working full-time. I had a traditional job, and I decided I was missing my kid's life. And at the time, I called my ex-husband now, and I said, honey, is there any way we can afford for me to quit work? And he said, yes. I said, okay, great. So I went in, and I told the supervisor that I was out of there in a couple weeks, and then went home that night, and my husband at the time said, well, honey, we're going to have to find some time to talk about how we can afford for you to quit work this weekend. We'll find some time. And I said, we don't need any time. I've already done it. <laughs> so um, I thought, okay. So then I realized, well, I was paying the van payment with my work. There were things that I was paying, and I'm sure my ex-husband, that's not why we're ex, but at the time thought, hmm, she just quit. What are we going to do? So I, I decided I had to find something to do. And Rhonda, actually, the person who was caring for my children suggested that I go into direct sales. And I was so insulted. I thought, why would you think I'd be good at sales? Well, I'm not pushy. I'm not aggressive. And I went home and mentioned it. And my husband said, well, honey, you would be good at this. And I thought, oh, great. He thinks I'm pushy too. And so I really had that same feeling so many people did. But I thought, I really do need something to do to replace that income and pay the payment for the van. So I did decide to do it. And I taught myself what I call my own sharing and caring language. I teach people a very soft, caring approach. I'm not the kind of person who has an agenda. I don't want people to have an agenda when they talk. And they go, okay, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. My thought is you share that you have a business. You ask them if they'd like to hear about the services you offer. Then you share with the person the services you offer. And you don't leave any of them out. You share helping people start businesses. If you're in party plan, the party plan. You share the products. 
And then you let them pick and choose. I always say also to be a heart worker, you're not picking and choosing. You're an equal opportunity share who shares all the services equally. So I think I went on a little bit about how we got in, but that's really what I did is I really wanted to teach myself once I decided to have this business, I wanted to teach myself how to talk with people so that they never felt like I was manipulating them, handling an objection. I really wanted them to share, feel my sharing that I was here if they had a need. Well, you hit so many things right on the nail because so many people look at party planning or direct sales with being pushy. And I think sometimes that's really what holds a lot of those amazing women back from really succeeding uh, with their own successes and supporting their families and paying the van payment and you know paying for ballet lessons. <laughs> because they have that stigma, right, of being pushy. So I love that you actually have created Absolutely. a program to help, and we're going to talk more about that one. If I may, I would love to go back to those years, because many of my listeners are still in the throes of, you know, babies and toddlers and teenagers, and how do they juggle it all? And I know it's been a while for you, but would you share with us a little bit what it was like to run your business from home and still have that, that balance with family? Oh, yes. In fact, it hasn't been that long because this past summer we had Camp Grandma, and I had my eight-year-old granddaughter who was with me every day for a week, and we really had fun, and she was so good at grasping exactly what I used to do with her mother, I told her, and her aunts and uncles. So I created what's called fun time is fun time. So I had ordered her a lot of crafts. And when I was on a phone doing a coaching call, she would work on her craft and I would hang up the phone and do exactly what I did with my young children and say, okay, honey, what do you want to do with grandma now? Let's do something fun. Thanks for being so good and helping grandma with her business. So just think about saying that five times a day to a child. Great job. Thanks for helping me. What do you want to do now? And I recommend to moms, they have theme days. You can have craft day. You can have game day. You can have book day. You can have, you know, physical activity day. Um, and so after you hang up the phone, you turn to them and say, okay, what do you want to do now? And they've worked on whatever that day is. Perhaps it's a craft. They can be right next to you while you're making a phone call. The key, Rhonda, is some moms, I think, are a little guilty of when the children are being quiet, they make another call. Ooh, they're still being quiet. They make another call. And then they keep working and working. So how do they finally get them off the phone? So my thought is it's better to say five times a day, okay, here's something fun for you to do next to mom. Mom makes a call, hangs up that phone immediately, says, great job. Thanks for helping me. What do you want to do now? Can you imagine the self-esteem of a child hearing that from a mom five times a day? And you get five contacts made. You know, I can remember when my youngest, she's now almost 13, and I can remember when she was a small child, and it would be the hustle. And I always related to that Chevy Chase movie, you know, where he's hanging out in the Grand Canyon, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I would do the same thing, get her, you know, it was age-appropriate time, whether it be five minutes, 10 minutes, or 15 minutes, and we'd be working on something, and she'd go do it. I would rush and make whatever phone call I could, and I'd come back, what do you want to do now, right? And I, 
I, I think you agree with this, Eileen. It's really about the quality of time, not so much the quantity of time, right? Because kids need to feel important. Yeah, I agree. And I think you end up having a lot of time. I think, you know, I always teach people that you work your business alongside family and other activities. So for the working mom who's working a traditional job, I'll explain in a minute how I would approach it. But for the mom who's just the mom from Nora all day long, you know, you can really say between 9 and 12, what do I want to accomplish personally? And where will I fit in to contacts professionally? And then between 12 and 3, what do I want to accomplish personally? Where will I fit in to contacts professionally? And then, you know, 3 and 8, because there may be someone at night you have to contact. I have one more. And you've had plenty of time to do things. I, I got real creative, Rhonda. I would do park tours. My kids love park tour days, where I would say to the three- and five-year-old little boy at the time, and my one-year-old, he didn't care. He was just along for the ride. He didn't understand the park tour. But the three- and five-year-old did. And I would say to them, we're going to go to three parks today. So when mommy says it's time to leave, don't get unhappy because we're going to go to another park. So I would go to three parks in an hour, you know, 20 minutes at each park, have an opportunity. I would only share with one mom at each park because I was there to play with the kids. But I knew that there would be a mom to share with. And so it was really natural to come home with three contacts that day and have had a lot of time with them at the park. I love The it. girls were in the elementary <laughs> I love it. So you said something else that for the mom who has the other traditional outside the home job, tell yes. us how tell us how that now, Yes. I always recommend you take a break. You get home at five thirty. For one hour you don't think about your traditional job and you don't think about your business. And you do whatever you can to involve your children and making dinner, checking homework, doing all that kind of thing. And then you still announce, okay, tonight's craft night or game night or book night. And so maybe at 6 o'clock, 6.30, you're finished dinner, and you dial till you reach one person. Then you come in, and if it's book night, maybe if it's young children, they read to you. If they're older children, you read something fun out loud together and talk about it. Set a timer for 20 minutes, then go in and dial till you reach one person. Then come right back after you've you know completed that one contact. So then again, between six and eight thirty, you've spent some time with your children and you've made four or five contacts. Oh, that is great, great advice. I love that. Well, I would love to take a shift for a moment now and let's kind of talk about a little bit more of that balance. So we've talked about what you're doing now, what it was like to have children. So let's take a moment and what does Eileen do for Eileen time? For that downtime, how do you unplug? Oh, I'm glad to Yeah, I love to do lots of different things. First of all, I love dancing. I don't know if anyone's been on my Facebook page, but you'll see me from time to time. My husband's always doing these live videos. And we go out dancing. We like to do that. Um, we spend a lot of time with grandchildren. I have really started becoming healthier and healthier. Um, we work out together. Um, we actually have two homes now, Rhonda. I'm so excited. We have a condo that we own in um, Boynton Beach. And um, we love Orlando. So we actually now I'm in my apartment in Orlando on Disney World property two miles from the entrance to Disney World. So we love that. We go to water parks here and have a lot of fun. Um, I really believe it's important that you have to charge your batteries because when you charge your batteries, you're able to help other people. When you don't stay charged yourself, it's very draining to help other people. So as long as you're charged, you've got plenty of juice there to, to help other people. So we have a lot of fun. 
Well, I love that. And I, I couldn't agree more. I, that's what I talk to moms about all the time is you have to take care of you because if you don't, nobody else really will. It's up, it's up to us to take care, put our own oxygen mask on first, right? Yes. And, you know, I've got to share something with you. A long time ago, my daughters were teenagers and we were having dinner, um, Thanksgiving dinner. And my favorite cousin in the world, she's passed away, unfortunately. Um, unexpectedly of cancer at a young age but she was at our house and I said something to her Rhonda I said oh and your nails are gorgeous I wish I had pretty nails and I remember her looking at me and going well why don't you I think excuse me and I became the martyr Rhonda oh I have no time I'm working at business I have five children I did this and that you know she said you've got two girls in the other room and that's why you take the time and find the time to do something for yourself. You want them to grow up feeling they never deserve time. She goes, you deserve it and teach them to deserve it too. So after that day, Friday after Thanksgiving, I made a nail appointment. Then I took the girls once a month and I came up with an acronym for deserve, which I love myself, I have to say. Um, and then acronym for deserve is D stands for dreams. You have to have dreams. Dreams lead to E, the experiences. Experiences help you feel success. Okay, that's the S. Mm -hmm. Then when you have success, Rhonda, the next E in deserve stands for energy. You know how people do that happy dance, right? After success, come on, we all have that feeling of the happy dance. So you have more energy. So D is for dreams, E is for experiences, S is for success, E is for energy. And then you start to feel the rewards. Yeah. And then B is you see the value of what you're doing. And it all brings total, the last E, enjoyment to your life. And enhancement, either one. You can substitute enhancement oh. or enjoyment. So I think that when you have this feeling of deserve, you understand about passing that on to other people to feel they feel that feeling of deserve. So I always think my cousin lives within me and she doesn't know it. Well, she does. I believe she does. I should say that um, she didn't get to hear me talk about it, but that it's really that feeling of back then when, wow, find the time, Eileen, do something, prove to these girls that you do take time. So I think mompreneurs are so blessed and so fortunate that they can do things, you know, they don't have to be settlers. I say to people all the time, it's important to be an explorer and a discoverer. And that's why you work hard at your business as a hard worker versus hard work. Right. Well, you, you know, have more experiences. I'm sorry. And your cousin had such an impact on you with that deserve factor. And you're right. So many women don't have the deserve. I love that acronym. So I'm going to share that with the show notes. So everybody knows what your acronym is, that they can deserve to take time for them. <coughs> Excuse me. And the other thing I heard you talk about has to do with what I really believe as women working from home, we are leading by example for our children, whether that yes. be, uh, we deserve to be pampered and taken care of in some downtime. Uh, they are learning mannerisms. They are learning how to be heartfelt, not hard workers. So they learn so much from us. And I think a lot of times moms don't realize what they're teaching their children 
just by being their best. Right? Yeah. And I believe children watch more than they listen. You know, I was just coaching someone earlier, Rhonda, and I was thinking about how I could help this woman understand that what she does now with their teenagers will impact their entire life. And, you know, not using excuses, stop being excuse ridden, become success driven is always my motto. Stop being excuse ridden, become success driven. And so I said, you know, she had a teenager and I said, well, let me ask you a question. When that teenager was learning to drive, did you find yourself doing what I did? I was the best driver during those times. I would check my mirrors because everything they were learning in class, I was going to be really good at because I knew they would look and see if I was doing it. And so when people are watching you, you tend to be your best. You know? And so to me, building a business, setting goals is one thing. Building a business, setting goals, and being a goal getter versus a goal setter is another. And what better way to teach children in life about that than to have them watch you at home, set goals, and be that goal getter? So there's so much that, you know, mompreneurs could really, really do for their children. They just have to expect of themselves what they do of their children, which is to show up even when they're uncomfortable, to do things even when they don't feel like it. and Watch what happens. Well, you said something very key, which is my other question I wanted to ask you. Because oftentimes when we're setting goals, it, we can get distracted or better off, more often we can have a speed bump come up in the road. You know, we can have that wrench thrown in. Have you ever experienced any kind of, uh, I don't know, wrench in your road? Oh, wow. Which one should we discuss? <laughs> How long do we have? Um, Let's see. I was married for 29 years and found myself in a situation where I needed to get a divorce. I was doing motivational speaking and training at the time and uh, had to continue to be motivating and train and do everything while going through that process. Uh, then in 2005, I was at a workshop and after workshop, an um, 18 wheeler truck hit us on a highway. And I spent a month in a trauma center and then right into rehab immediately. I didn't mean, you know, from an ambulance from one place to the other. Um, for five and a half months, I had to learn to walk again. I had a broken neck, broken back. I had my business certainly put on hold, which was really a challenge with my work. Um, I didn't know if I would work again. They thought that I might have to amputate a leg, foot. I mean, it was one of those things where there's a lot of, not knowing, and I have a very strong faith, Aranda, and so, you know, I just continue to believe that things would work out and that I would get back to normal, and now I'm happily married. I've been just celebrating my ninth anniversary with a wonderful man and have my 16-year-old stepson, and, you know, just things have done really gone and progressed. Um, I sort of look at life, though, as... When you have one of those things, it helps you to feel more grateful for everything around you. And so even though I would lie in that bed in the trauma center and not know if I'd walk again, there were people who had worse things happening to them than me. Um, when I would go, I had eight operations in five and a half months. And you know where you wait for surgery? You'd see other people and think, oh, wow, I am blessed. Um, and so I, I, I just believe that when you live your life, feeling grateful and you take whatever is that bump in the road or that detour or that challenge 
it's almost a way to feel better because you get through it and you go, wow, look where I am now and look what I went through. I mean, people will ask me all the time, how did you stand being in the hospital five and a half months? And I think to myself, I have no idea how I got through that. Um, I just knew that I had to. And I can remember being in so much pain, looking at a clock and thinking, okay, for 60 seconds, I'll think about this. For 60 seconds, I'll focus on this. I guess from job growth classes, from 60 seconds, I'll think about this. And I would just come up with as many things that were positive that I could think of mm -hmm. to replace any negativity. Because I always say, I'm sure you're this way too, optimistic people are not people who don't have thoughts in a brain. <laughs> you know, people will think, yeah, yeah, you're just always optimistic. You just don't think about stuff. I always say optimistic people have the same negative things. They just choose to think differently about them and move forward. They have things happen. They just choose yeah. to get rid of that thought and replace it with positive. So, well, yeah, I've had my share. Well, thank you so much for sharing because I know other people, other women, can get a little hung up on sometimes the small things. And I love that you're willing to share some of the bigger things that have happened and to give others hope because it is a choice and it's your choice and nobody can make it but you. <laughs> oh, Nalanda, I always say though, I, I want to bring this up because I want people to understand this. People will say to me, oh, I mean, I shouldn't complain after what you go through. And I still live in pain and have challenges. And I always say, wait a minute, don't feel that way. A paper cut really smarts. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big it is. It's smarts. What I will share the difference is, is how you handle it and what you do with it mm -hmm. and how you feel about it. And just recently, a couple days ago, I had an experience that was very uncomfortable for me that I should share. Maybe this will help people too. What sort of brought me back to, wow, people need to be careful what they say. <laughs> um, I mentioned we have this place now in Orlando. And where we exit to go to the parking lot, we didn't notice. There's not a, what we call, I guess, a handicapped way to get down the curb, you know. It's just a high curb. So we went in to ask them if they could do something to make it less steep because of my accident. And the woman said to me, I'm sorry, but you should have thought about this before you moved in here. <laughs> and I just looked at her and said, I'm sorry. When I was looking at it, my husband was there. I was excited. I used his arm to go up and down curbs. I didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you could do to make it easier for me? And she said, well, by law, we don't have to. And I said, oh, I'm sorry that you just want to follow the law. Thank you very much. And I walked out. And I said to Bob, okay, so what are you going to do to make it easier for me to go down here? Because when I do exercising and I walk, I always use a walker. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only way I can put up a good pace and not fall. And at first it burned a little bit hearing what she said. I think that's a word to say burn. Mm -hmm. um, and then I thought, well, it's really too bad that that woman has no idea. And I pray that she doesn't what it's like to have to have certain things to be able to do things she takes for granted. Good point. So, you know, I, I like sharing that because, you know, one of the things I love about helping women in business is that sometimes they'll say it's uncomfortable for them to do something or it's hard for them to do something. And I always say, well, as uncomfortable it is for you or as hard as it is for you, you'll be making someone's life easier. So what do you want to do? You want to ask everyone, may I help you and not find anyone who needs help? 
or to me it would be worse to not have asked someone and then find out there was someone I could have helped. And that sort of just brought that home to me with that incident. Instead of saying, oh, it's not, you know, we don't have to <laughs> legally or whatever. It's to say, well, what can we do? Let's figure out what we can do, what we could afford as the property here manager to do that for you. But So I hope that people will take what I'm sharing. This is the first time I've ever shared this story. Um, I'm sure I will when I do workshops. <laughs> I hope everyone here who's listening to your podcast will really think, you know, it's not about doing it by law, buying guidelines. It's when I'm sharing my business, how can I help someone? When I pick up the phone to provide customer service, whether they need something or not, how can I help them feel good? And, and that's what we're supposed to be here for. So um, anyway, long about story. I just wanted to share that with you because I think it makes a difference um, with your attitude mm -hmm. and with your choices of thoughts and accepting that you choose every thought. No one chooses it for you, Rhonda. You choose every thought. You choose to be happy. You choose to be sad. I always say I'd rather be happy in pain versus sad in pain. I'd rather choose to do something that's difficult and think about the fact that I'm going to meet this challenge versus this is hard and I don't want to do it. I agree. I agree with you. And thank you so much for sharing that story. And I know for my listeners who have been with me, many of them have actually picked up my book that I wrote last year. And I do go into more of that. You know, it's your choice. It's your decision and what we think about. And it's really, as you said, how we respond to the situation. It's really a choice. So thank you. Well, I want to respect your time. And I just want to wrap it up with, uh, let's see here. What kind of question do I want to ask you now? You've shared so many great things. Do you have any last-minute um, goodies or tidbits that you would like to share with the listeners? Sure. I really want people to understand that life is not a race. Building a business is not a race. It's really about setting a pace. And I think that the most important thing that we can do as mompreneurs, grandmapreneurs now, um, too, is to really to really do that, to find our pace and to keep that pace. Um, again, I was talking to someone when I was coaching today about the fact that if you think about a marathon, like the Boston Marathon, you'll hear about the male winner and the female winner. Mm -hmm. You don't hear about the thousands who completed that race, who are so excited, who have people waiting for them to complete it. And the reason they've completed it is they did pace themselves. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if they're one of those slower ones. It doesn't matter if they're the third or fourth one. It's still a feeling of completion. Right. So my tip would be for every person listening to this to think about what kind of pace do I want to set? How do I move all my pieces forward? It's like playing a game. You know, if you're playing chess or checkers, you're moving all your pieces forward. And you understand that when there's a detour, um, it's just that. When there's a bump in the road, it's just that. You know, I think that sometimes what happens is people will have a detour, and instead of going on and getting back on the main path, they go back home. <laughs> they stay there. So that would be my advice. <laughs> I love that. I just had this visual because on our on my uh, route to my other house, there is a detour. And if you follow the detour, you're going to continue on to get to your destination. However, if I took the other road, it takes me right back to where I came from. <laughs> so you I don't want to do that. 
<laughs> no, I want to go over there by the water and see the dolphins again. Well, Eileen, oh, I want to <laughs> thank you so much for sharing so much of your wisdom. And if You're anyone welcome. wants to find you or know more about you and your, your work, how would they locate you? Yes, well, first of all, they can find me on Facebook. My name is I-L-E-N-E-M-E-C-K-L-E-Y. -E -E I'm on there doing tips all the time so they can become a Facebook friend. I also have a website that is my name, I-L-E-N-E-M-E-C-K-L-E-Y.com, so they can contact me there as well. So um, I look forward to meeting some of your mompreneurs. Well, Eileen, thank you so much. And everyone, thanks again for listening. I hope you got some great tips from Eileen today. And if you did, please, please, please share it with everybody and give us a five-star rating. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>